Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you are, this is the Interpreter's Workshop Podcast. I'm Tim Curry, your host. Here we talk everything sign language interpreting. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the sideways of interpreting. If you're a student, a new interpreter, experienced interpreter, this is the place for you. If you want to know more, go to interpretersworkshop.com. Let's start talking interpreting. And now, the quote of the day by the Greek philosopher Socrates. The greatest way to live with honor in this world is to be what we pretend to be. Today, in part three of our conversation with Niva Skotovac from Croatia, she reminds us of all the things that influence us, whether it be from the dilemmas, the ethical decisions of interpreting, or the influences we have on ourselves, whether it be the communities we serve or the communities in which we belong. So if we're pretending to be interpreters, let's start being the interpreter we wish to be. Let's get started. Earlier, you discussed how you made decisions when there were dilemmas on top of dilemmas on top of dilemmas, and you told us kind of a generality of it. However, as you were saying all of that, little situations were popping up in my mind where I had experienced moments where I had to make decisions in a split second. And sometimes I I can laugh at those things now at what I did, or I can say I'm proud of those moments, what have you. What images were popping in your head when you were saying all of this? Were there some? Yeah, I have like a bunch of situations, but still, when we discuss ethics, uh, what first thing that comes to my mind uh, are the lectures by Robin Dean at U Masley. Mm-hmm. And she developed, um, I think that you're familiar with, maybe mm-hmm. the listeners aren't or are. I hope so, since I interviewed her, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, <laughs> the man control scheme. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing to just to acknowledge that there are so many things that influence our work. Mm-hmm. Us as a person's part of the day that we are interpreting, setting that we are interpreting, and uh, people that we are interpreting for. Um, I mean, so so many things. And I think that that's actually the thing that, that was in my mind that when, when you asked about ethics. And I think that we should be aware of all those things that influence us and actually, in, in the end, they do make us develop some strategies how to cope with certain situations. And previous experiences also add to, to our understanding of what ethics is or what, what should be, what should we uh, conclude and do in the end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Robin Dean, definitely. Bye. Hello, Robin, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she is. I know I've had the experience of discussing dilemmas or decision-making with many interpreters from different countries. And from that, I've learned many things, how my cultural differences and their cultural differences affect the way we would make our decisions. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, I would say it's actually, now I have like really a situation when I was at Efsli School in Belgrade. Mm Mm-hmm. It was hosted by Serbian uh, Deaf Association, or no, sorry, um, Belgrade Deaf Association. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a good good thing that made me aware of those cultural differences. 
because there was an exercise and we were practicing a job interview. Topic was um, work-related meeting settings. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I did quite a good job interpreting that deaf client to his boss. And when, when we were on the break, a colleague came to me and he said, well, you know that you actually missed the whole point. And I was like, why would you say that? Because I thought everything <laughs> was, you know, running smoothly. Yeah. And he said, well, uh, that boss told his deaf employee that if he would be late again, that the next thing is firing him. He did say it in a really nice and really polite way. Mm -hmm. But that's the way people from England or France or wherever would uh -huh. definitely start a conversation with an employee. Yeah. And that deaf person didn't get the full understanding of the situation because you, as you interpret it, it seemed, well, you know, that's some minor thing that you should correct and please come to your work at on time. And I was like, wow, because in Croatia, I would maybe interpret that to myself differently mm -hmm. because maybe people from Balkans are more direct and more in line with deaf culture. So, yeah. And th that's the thing, actually. Uh, well, may maybe that, that was the point when I started thinking about other cultures that are not the same as. Mm my culture, Croatian culture, Balkan culture, name it however. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say those cultural differences are really huge sometimes. Yeah. Especially if your work has to do with how we are direct or indirect. Yeah. I, I remember also interpreting on TV. Uh, it was actually an interpretation of a French speaker. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I was sitting and reading the sentence that was interpreted in like, I really don't understand the meaning of the sentence because, you know, that's the way how French people communicate. That's, I mean, that's their culture. That's the way they behave. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, and then I called my colleague and <laughs> friend and she's interpreter uh, in the European institutions. And it's really familiar with that <laughs> Uh, French speakers and she was like oh well he was actually trying to say this and that and I was like oh really I didn't see that coming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's not everyday thing for me mm -hmm. but yeah we, we should be I, and I think that uh, even UMASLI program gives you uh, uh, first semester you learn about similarities and differences uh, in European sign languages so because it's a program that uh, that connects actually three universities in Scariot Watt in Scotland, Magdeburg, Tenhal in Magdeburg in Germany, and uh, Humak in Finland. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a glimpse of their culture and their sign languages. So it's a good thing to have, to know different cultures, to be more aware of your culture and yeah. even more differences between hearing culture and deaf culture. Exactly. What would a typical work week for a sign language interpreter look like? I guess let's talk about your typical work week because mm -hmm. I'm not sure you can speak for all of those organizations. 
Well, I might, because uh, my master research involved asking interpreters ah. uh, about the settings that, that they work the most. And I think it aligns with what I do the most. Mm -hmm. So basically, social welfare centers are in the top two, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first first thing that, uh, where uh, interpreters are mostly needed is social welfare centers, medical settings, definitely. Then meetings, education. As I said, uh, we interpret from kindergarten to university to lifelong learning programs, projects, workshops. Also, there are job interviews. There are uh, meetings at work. But I would say that it's not that different from any interpreter working in any country. Mm -hmm. I think the the most the most interpreting is in this medical setting, or let's say maybe in Croatia more in this uh, social welfare centers, because to get some rights, deaf people need to to go to their social worker to ask the questions, get all the papers mm -hmm. they should <laughs> fill in. And, you know, bureaucracy is a big thing in Croatia. So, yeah, <laughs> social welfare centers are number one and then medical medical settings. Yeah. Are they paid by the interpreting job or just a monthly salary from that organization? Just monthly salary. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's a little bit different if you're working uh, as an interpreter in school, like any level. Uh, actually, sorry, kindergarten, elementary or high school. Uh, you can get like a four-hour salary there, like a part-time salary mm -hmm. from the school. Or sometimes it's paid by um, cities or municipalities. And you get a part-time salary from deaf association or whatever association you're working for yeah so those who want to have a variety in their jobs they can do that well i'm not sure it's uh, about variety it's more about the needs or the demand ah, that's deaf okay. because in croatia as i said so only one deaf school that doesn't have that many deaf children mm -hmm. is in zagreb and there i mean even in Zagreb, it's quite difficult for uh, parents and or maybe people are not that used to taking their kids all over town for school nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, and also different uh, grades, different classes. So, yes, many deaf, most uh, deaf children are, are mainstreamed and they have their own interpreters. And because of that huge demand, interpreters in a way cannot pick if they want to work in schools, but if there is a demand, I mean, we should meet it. Yeah. We should have the deaf child having an interpreter in school and in associations. It's, I mean, it's demand is still high, but I think it's, well, we all can like switch our schedules more easily when you're working in deaf association, when, whereas when you're working in school, it's a little bit more uh, fixed yeah. in a way, because you know, the, the schedule in school it's one week you're in the morning next week you're in the afternoon and that's predictable you know that will be from september to till june and besides holidays of course yeah thank you for your support when you click on the links in the show notes to buy me a coffee you're donating to a good cause right aren't you it's 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 for the free information here <clears throat> and don't forget to share with a colleague or two or three let's go back how has the relationship between the interpreting community and the deaf community been 
over the years? Are they working well? Is the deaf community, like the associations, teaching, helping improve the interpreting situation and vice versa? Hmm. Well, or is that a topic we don't need to talk about? No, no, we, we can discuss, of course, but uh, I, I don't, s maybe now things are getting or becoming a bit better because deaf associations and us in interpreting associations are more aware that we have to work together. Until now, I would say some associations did work with interpreters. Some didn't. In some associations, interpreters were kind of a, on a pedestal, mm -hmm. like because they are the only hearing person in the room mm. and they have all the skills and knowledge and languages. So it was kind of a, I would say, audistic, but still, I am not sure that it's fully intentional. It's just because the situation was like that. I mean, mm -hmm. you were in a, some smaller city, you were the only coda or the only person who knew sign language and could communicate over the phone or with hearing people, and you were stuck in there and you were expected to to do the job. But I think that nowadays people are being more aware that we need to have education in us interpreters, but also deaf deaf community needs to have the educate educate. It's not education; it's uh, awareness. What is interpreter's job? Mm -hmm. And I think that we are starting building building our our path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That connects to everything else you talked about. How it takes time to change for education for interpreters, employment. Yeah, of course. I mean. Even I want to speed things up, but over the past 20 years, I understood that it's some things really, they're just a process and process needs time. And mm -hmm. even just a few weeks or a month before, uh, a month ago, uh, me and my colleague went to, to the Ministry of Education. We wanted to discuss about this uh, national qualification uh, system that we want to put sign language interpreter as a occupation. Mm -hmm. And... Actually, the lady from the ministry, she said, well, because we, we discussed why we didn't do it before and all about our, our job and our, our work. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, for some things, it just takes time and certain things just need to happen at that certain moment, not a second before, not a second after. And we were like, yes, it's true, because there were mm -hmm. some people that uh, needed to be aware or some people needed to be change to another position to understand mm -hmm. that, well, the time is now that we should be doing this and that. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a process. We just come back to that <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. Uh, wow. Okay, let's do some word association. As most of my listeners already know, I'm going to say a few words or phrases and you just say the first word that comes to your mind, or if it's a feeling that you have about that, or a story that it connects to. Okay. So the first one is Coda. Hmm. I would I would maybe use the BSL sign Coda Heart. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the first thing that came to my mind, or Co Coda International, the organization. Yeah. Where I where I attended a great conference. Hmm. And even more in Croatia, we have uh, in in a, in a few days we will have a first Coda conference. So yeah, all about Coda organizations. 
Where was this Coda International Conference? Uh, I attended Coda International in Reading in England in 2015. It was a really great event. You say international from, so from all over the world? Yes, yes. Mostly America, but there were people from really all over the world. Yeah. What was the theme or the topic? Coda land. Which means? Well, which means wherever there are quotas, there is Coda land. And actually, it was my first and until now the only uh, conference, Coda conference that I attended. And it's a shame because a lot of Coda conferences are in states and it's quite expensive to attend. Mm -hmm. e even this one was really, really expensive for me, but still. And all the topics that they were discussing, it was like, oh, my God, that happened to me. And that, too. And that, too. It was, <laughs> it was actually, the, I would say, first the, and the only conference so far that I was like, it was like so many me, 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 me <laughs> happening. <laughs> or me, too. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Wow. Okay, next word. Comfort food. Oh my God, all the food, because I'm a foodie. I love to eat. I love to cook. And yeah, everything's a comfort food for me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? I don't drink coffee. I drink Nescafe with milk. Mm -hmm. And I actually, a fun fact about me, I've never tasted like a sip of coffee, black coffee and beer in my entire life. Wow. Yeah. I know. I don't like the, the smell. The smell, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I always uh, make fun of whenever people ask me why I don't do that. because and, and I usually say that because I lived near a coffee and a beer factory. Like, actually oh. in between when I was growing up. Mm. I mean, it's not a, because of that. But yeah, actually, <laughs> no. I, I, don't, I don't like the smell of coffee and I don't like the smell of beer. And that's the only reason that I've never tasted it. So I would say tea. Tea, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I grew up allergic to strawberries, and I, I still cannot stand the smell of strawberries. Wow. Okay, don't don't go to Tunisia, because they have the best strawberry juice, like, ever, ever. And I've tried to recreate, recreate it when I got back. Uh -huh. I kind of was successful, but they have, like, really the best ones. So don't go there. <laughs> wow. I, I will not, ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, next. Technology. I kind of assumed that you would ask me this. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first thing that comes to my mind is like a must because I live with a programmer and that's a must. <laughs> if you were here with me in this room, you would see a bunch of things. And it's even like a childish things like um, VR and um, <laughs> the joysticks and stuff. You know, big kid small kid thing <laughs> and a lot of <laughs> electronics so yeah the technology is a must in our house and i really like it yeah i'll have to meet him someday please do <laughs> <laughs> okay next pet peeve wow <laughs> <laughs> so should i say what we discussed prior to the interview like people saying they're interpreters when they're not. Okay, so that, that, was, that was a fun thing. But it's not that it's like so bugs me. Mm -hmm. But still, it kind of a, gets on my nerves when people claim to be, I mean, as if they're simplifying our job, you know. Mm -hmm. that, that's the thing. If I would say that I'm interpreter for like German, I mean, I kind of speak German, and but I would never interpret German mm -hmm. <laughs> because... 
yeah, I don't know it at that level. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next. Community. Deaf community. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Always and forever. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe that's because I'm connecting the word community, the English word, mm-hmm. uh, with all the books that I've read. And most of them are like, you know, it's the syntax, it's deaf community. So for in my mind, that's like, it has to be together. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't connect in Croatian then for you that way? I would, if I say community, I would maybe uh, think about my family, about my friends, and mm-hmm. deaf people again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- yeah. they are there. Yeah. 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 Everyone's there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all Croatian, but that's like not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's nice, of course. Of course. You have to be a little bit nationalists. <laughs> <laughs> Croatia is a nice country. Come and visit. <laughs> oh, it is. It's beautiful. Yes. Okay. Next, interpreting. Mm. Passion, life calling, and a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> but passion, definitely. Yeah. That's what, the reason why I chose. I'm not sure how that translates to English, but in Croatia, Croatia is something like classical gymnasium. So I was learning Greek and Latin in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was always interested in languages. And the reason why I was enrolled in the classical gymnasium uh, is because we didn't have classical uh, elementary school. And I really wanted to learn Greek and Latin when I was a kid. So, yeah. <laughs> and did you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's an a- ancient Greek and Latin that's not used. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can translate Ovidius and, I don't know, Homer and yeah. Aristotle, if you like, but <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> so your next step is to translate those into Croatian sign language. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Get right on that. Maybe not happening, but good idea. (laughs) (laughs) When I finish Uh, a bunch of other work that I'm, other jobs that I'm working on, projects and stuff. Yeah. Thank you for additional idea. (laughs) No problem. No problem at all. Okay. And last, heartbreaking. Wow. I should say wars. Yeah, because with... Ukraine, Russia, Gaza, Syria, and all other countries. I think that's heartbreaking to see any people being killed, any children being left without parents, people starving, not living in a in a secure country. Mm-hmm. So that that that's heartbreaking for me. And living in a world that actually lets that happen mm-hmm. all over again, like we didn't learn from previous wars, anything. Mm-hmm. But then when you think that there's money involved, everything clears out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, are you going to pretend that you like this episode? Or are you just going to like it? Many things in this episode. Let's try to narrow it down a little bit. The running theme is how much things influence us. When we talk about ethics, looking at the demand control schema or looking at or looking at role space, looking at any of the interpreting processes, whether it's cognitive or social linguistic, each of those speak to influences of how we do our job, how we make a decision about what language to use, what 
vocabulary to use, what inflection to use, what to emphasize. But along with that, we have to understand our experience. That's a big part of it. And there are nuances to our experiences that we don't think about as often as we do the obvious influences. Take, for example, the different countries and or cultures that were mentioned in the episode. Some cultures are more direct, some are more indirect, some just completely hide the meaning to be socially polite. And yet the meanings are the same. Humor is one of those things that's hard to translate, hard to interpret between different cultures. We know that. That's an obvious one. But some of these things, such as the word community, when I asked, what does community bring to mind? Well, for Nevis, she had to explain that in English, she thinks of the terms deaf community. And as an interpreter, we immediately kind of go to that deaf community, hearing community. Those are things that we obviously go to in English because of the literature, because of how we talk about our profession. But in her language, she goes to family, friends. And as interpreters, we need to remember those things. How our experience is influenced by who we are, where we're from, and the languages that we use. The fact that the interpreting community and the deaf community need to work together and understand that they have conflicts or that they have different interests, different perspectives, and can learn from each other to improve the profession for everyone. Nevis being a CODA also shows how her experience is different from non-CODAs. And yet, it's similar to one interpreter and another interpreter. They have the same feelings like, oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, that happens to me. Oh, exactly. We have those feelings when we are together and talk about our profession. It's a common thing for two different people, but part of the same <laughs> community. Now, of course, non-CODAs do not have the same experience as CODAs, and vice versa. We all have common connections. Community connections are important. We learn from each other. We see what we're trying to be. We're all trying to strive for this level of professionalism, skill level, expertise, knowledge. So let's not pretend to be there. But let's start being there. Let's strive for that daily. But part of our experience is to remember to meet those other communities. Try the food. Try the language. In fact, keep calm. Keep interpreting in your community. Don't pretend I won't see you next week. Take care now.